Te Teko is based about an hour's drive from Tauranga and 20 k's from Whakatane. It's also where Tanya Waikato is based. When I visited her in June, she was expecting her first PEP, baby. She was working on a book about rongoa and along with the help of her good friend Vanessa Skipper, was running her business, Kawakua. Kawakua is a range of products made by Tanya, and as I found out when I checked out Kawakua HQ, there's one main ingredient in everything she does. Aroha. Uh, ko puto ake te maunga, ko rangi taiki te awa, ko ngā te awa te iwi, ko ngā maihi te hapu, uh, ko tūte ao te wharitsupuna, uh, tēnā koutou katoa. Uh, we're at Kawakua HQ, um, otherwise known as the shed at the back of my house. <laughs> <laughs> What's this area? Um, this area is where uh, I bring all my rongoa, um, where I make my balms and um, dry all my rongoa and package it all up ready to go. It was while I was scrolling through Facebook that I came across Kawa Cure, a business that makes and sells products made from the medicinal rongoa plant Kawa Kawa. Now, the products range from chapstick to heat rub and balm. You'll hear a few more details soon. Its creator, Tanya Waikato, does a bit of everything to run her business. So professional looking. Look at that. <laughs> now we just talked briefly. Um, Tanya is also a bit of a, a, a web designer. And gee, that must save a lot of money because you, of course, um, made your own labels, logos, social media sites. Yep, that's right. Well, I kind of had to because I couldn't afford to pay someone else to do it. But um, I've been doing art pretty much my whole life. So it was that was the fun part. That was the easy part was, was making the up the labels and um, taught myself how to do websites and then now I make websites for other people as well, so that was helpful. Um, but yeah, so the, f- the first one, which is our main um, product, is the balm, which is um, just a very basic kawakawa balm. Uh, it's only got uh, four ingredients in it, which is um, kawakawa, um, olive oil, uh, beeswax and lots of aroha. Mm. And that's our main one. And then we've, um, lots of people were sort of requesting something that smelt a bit nicer. And nice. <laughs> this is for the ladies, um, <laughs> which is our body butter. It's um, kawakawa and it's got a little bit of apple smell in it. Um, I don't want to put any sort of smelling or preservative stuff into the, the balm because um, I was making it primarily for people with um, skin conditions, and some of them can get irritated by that. So our balm's pretty pure. That's the pure right, one. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then the body butter's more for people that want to have the same um, properties, I suppose, but with a little bit of nice smell. And so where would, where would you put, like, a bottle so on your arms? On your body, in, yeah. yeah. Um, I use this on my puku. <laughs> oh, yes, because Kate the Hapu Kui. Uh, Kate the at the moment, and um, we get baby's dad to rub that on puku every night. It's really nice. Um, and then we sort of started to um, get quite a few requests for people with sore muscles and whatnot. Really? Um, and that's where our sore muscle rub come from. Uh, this one's um, the same balm base as the as the kawakawa one, but we use tutu um, or tu pakehi, some people call it. Or toot, I think, is the, the common pakeha name. That's a uh, it's not a heat rub. A lot of people sort of associate muscle rubs with heat. Um, but no, this one's just tutu, um, olive oil and beeswax and aroha again. Um, but yeah, it's really, really good. Awesome. I use it all the time. Good for sore muscles. And then um, 
probably our newest one, one of our newer ones anyway, is our um, herbal tea, which is just dried kawakawa. That's all that is. Um, and so, it's, it's quite popular. This is like this is the most popular one in winter because everybody starts getting colds and mm, fleas. And so it's a good. Um, does it ward off somewhat? Ward off those bugs? Yeah, well, I did a I did a bit of a self experiment last winter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I because I, I I did think I I thought to myself, um, you know, it's quite well known as a blood purifier, um, a general tonic. Um, it's got a lot of pain relief qualities, and um, I also thought it, it, it's an immunity booster, and I wanted to sort of prove it. So mm. <laughs> I took it last winter, um, not every day, probably every two or three days, just just like a cup, just like one cup every one cup three days, every two or three days, just like a cup of tea. Yeah, and um, I didn't get sick, and and my my husband. Um, he was sick the whole time. <laughs> he just got cold after cold after cold after cold. Really? Yeah, and I, and I didn't catch his colds, and I was trying to um, talk him into to trying it, but I've got a bit of a kore taringa say. This is your little workshop. Yeah, this is it. So we've got a little kitchenette sort of area, um, just with a little hob that we yeah. use to do all our cooking and whatnot on. Um, all our, all our, um, this whole area is, is kai-free, basically. It looks like a kitchen, but it's not really a kitchen. We've got our own fridge. Yes, yes. <laughs> Where we use, I keep a few things in there. There's a mamaku frond in there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's three things in Oh, so this is everything is for the production line of yeah, Kawakure products. Is, this, is, this is it. And then we have some, I don't keep a lot of dried um, rungwa on hand, but if there's um, like a tree fall or something when I'm up the bush and it's something that I use, I might grab it and dry it and, and then put it away for later on. And we make all our balms in, in, in these pots. Um, and then when we're ready to pour them, um, we put them into these little teapots. Tea and they're all, like, we have to have separate pots and separate teapots and everything and separate utensils for all the tutu stuff. That's why there's, oh, like, three or four of everything. <laughs> yeah, so once it's hot and it's, um, it basically looks like a oil, I put it into the teapot because I do hot pouring. There's, there's different, different ways of doing balms. Some people... Pour it while it's hot. Some people um, will wait until it cools down, till it's um, solid like that. And so then there's some in there. Yeah, there's some oh, in there. It kind of looks like a big pot of hinu, eh? Yeah, it does when it's when it's all set. Some people will um, you can you can take it out of the air and put it into um, uh, a muslin cloth, and you can oh, yep. you can strain it and put it in that way. But um, I prefer to hot pour it because. I just like it like that. It just, set, it just sits nicely yeah. in the bottles, eh? Yeah, it does. And then so we get all our jars, depending on, you know, what who we're making our order for for the day. Um, put our jars out, pour our balm in there. And then once it's all cooled down, um, they go up here. And then we bring them over to the packaging desk, as <laughs> you call it, um, where we've got all our labels. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, I've designed all of these and... I just print them out um, at home. I was going to get them done because you can get labels done um, professionally, but I actually prefer cutting them out myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite relaxing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so yeah, you basically just I cut them, cut out, cut out all the labels, stick them on myself, and then I've got all my whatnot in here, and then we package them up um, and send them out. So like this is my my little order board. Uh, when the orders come through, I just put them oh, on so the Oh, so people board. go to your website? Yep, so people can order through our website or on our, our Facebook page. And um, the orders come through to us. And then, yeah, we put them in the in the processing pile. And yeah. then they get sent off. So that's pretty much it. So from start to finish, um, everything's done by hand. There's no machines involved other than me. <laughs> You're a one-woman distribution line man. Whoa, she makes it, she bottles it, and she labels it and sends it. Yes, yeah, so I, I do a lot of trips to the post office. <laughs> that's pretty much where I go every day. We're here in Titikul, little old country t- town in Aotearoa. How does that work? How do you cope with the demand? Yeah, um, yeah, the kind of take off <laughs> unexpectedly <laughs> I was I was just really making it for um, friends and whanau in the beginning just locally um, and, and working with um, our healers collective um, over in Whakatane um, Te Mauri o Te Mani Kutsutahi and making some rungoa um, for wānanga over there and then uh, I was approached by um, a local reporter for the Whakatane News to who wanted to run a story on on what we were doing, and I was a little bit reluctant because <laughs> I sort of thought oh, I might get too busy, but I wasn't expecting it to get as busy as it did. Yeah. Um, so they yeah they ran a story on on Kawakua, and um, the story was picked up by some other newspapers in um, Tauranga and Rotorua and Monganui, and then. We just got a huge influx <laughs> of orders from. What did you think at that time? You think, oh my! I was. I had no idea what was going on at the start because we were we were actually away for the weekend. We were away. Um, I think we were in Tauranga for the weekend, and I came home and I logged onto my email, and I just had orders Random. like <laughs> from all over the. There, there was literally like about a hundred orders, like. You know, on a normal on a normal day, we sort of get, you know, two, three orders here or there, and then yeah, all of a sudden there was like a hundred orders sitting in my inbox, and I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then I so saw I rang the reporter because I thought it was only going to be in the Fakatani paper, and then she says, "Oh no, I think some of the other papers have picked it up," and then yeah, sure enough, when I was reading the orders from the people, they said, "Oh, we saw you in our paper," and blah 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 blah, and that was probably full on for about. Oh, it was about three or four months where it was just full on. <laughs> I was just, I was just sort of eating and sleeping rungwa for <laughs> three or four months, like quite furiously. Obviously, we're in the colder months to come. Does that mean you you stockpile for summer? No, I don't, I don't. Lots of people, lots of people say, "Oh, you should stop farming." No, but you can see from my shelves, I have like, yeah, yeah. I have like two jars. No, it's 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 part of the cope up for for me anyway. That um, I only ever take what I need, and I don't I don't see the the point of of stocking up, you know, piles and piles and piles of of jars just sitting there on the shelf because for me, it's more about um, making sure that the connection stays there between the nahire and the people, because going to the bush regularly is the best best education you can get. Like, you can read lots of books and go and do lots of courses and whatnot, but 
if you don't spend time in the bush, you don't learn about the bush and you don't um, experience being part of the bush. And so that's my favourite part. That's what I love about <laughs> about my mm. job is I get to go to the bush, you know, two, three times a week. And, and that's my job. And I love it. After checking out her workshop, we take a ride to an area about 15 minutes from Tanya's home. Now we're at Brema. Is it Bromu? Bremu? Bremu. Te waiu o Poke Maire. And I'm here with um, Tanya Waikato, who I spoke to this, uh, earlier this, uh, this morning. And now, Vanessa. Kia ora, Vanessa. Morena. So, ko Vanessa Skipataku Ingoa. No Taranaki Aho, so ko Tiatiawa Toku Iwi, ko Ngati Tafiri Kura Toku Hapu, um, Katerekite Moana Te Marae. So just on the outskirts of New Plymouth is where I'm from. Mm. But um, brought up in this area because my mum's Ngai Tuhoi, and uh, she's also been a main influence in my life for Rongoa. Because she brought us up on it all as well, so yeah, hence our—it's—it's it's not new to me, sort of thing. <laughs> My mum brought us up on kawakawa mm. when we were mawiwi, and um, just yeah, she just dabbled in a little bit of what she knew, but again, it was something we were always exposed to, as rangatahi, yeah. really. Yeah, the two of you are quite young. Is it a skill or a, an aspect of Matauranga Māori that more young people are, are, are picking up or being carrying on? I would, the... I would like to think so, that it is something that uh, younger people are picking up more and more. Um, however, on things that Tan and I have been to, like um, a few of our rongoa workshops mm. and that it does still seem to be the older generation that are there and that are more interested. Uh, you get the odd younger person coming in but whether they carry or not i carry on with it or not is yeah. another thing tan and i we've got quite a good love for it and a passion to carry it on eh? and speaking of generations and all the, and that corridor um by the both of your hapu very very in my case 10 more days i'll ten be more doing. Days. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh thank you so much vanessa for coming oh, out okay. <laughs> Vanessa Skipper and Tanya Waikato not only have rungwa Māori in common, but at the time of my interview, they're both pregnant. I asked Vanessa about the tikanga associated with being hapu and rungwa Māori on a practical level. You're, you're not supposed to pack when or harvest when you're hapu. Uh, so, yeah, that's been a real bit of a killjoy in my <laughs> in my mind. But um, you know what? The best thing about it all, it's made me appreciate the time that I will be able to, eventually able to harvest. Aww. So, yeah, I'm very Jeez, so much that's looking nine months, forward eh? to it. Yes, yeah. it's a long like time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we have to drag it. Like, I drag my tamariki out to come and harvest for me or... Um, yeah, our tāne, anyone who's willing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's so unfair. <laughs> but, you know, there's always a reason for these things. and um, it's, it's just, I think, we just like to honour tradition. What other aspects of tikanga Māori can you 
um, draw on in terms of when you harvest and, and the practice of rongoa Māori? Ah, so we've got the thing, uh, like karakia is the main, main right? one. Yeah, it's our first and foremost is, is the karakia and just, you know, it all boils down to respect in my mind, respect for our tuakana who are the nahere, you know, the rako, mm. and uh, common sense prevails over <laughs> over all else. You know, it's not always about just tikanga Māori, it's common sense to look after our, our ngahere. Just this whole little area is, is probably my, my favourite little place to come because it's so compact and um, I come here all the time so I, I know where all the, all the trees live and whatnot. Um, so all the way along this pathway you would have seen all the kawakawa as we come down um, but there's also a lot of mamaku um, as we come down dotted along the way these big black ferns with their lovely fronds that we use from time to time um, so if I need a oh, I think you saw the one in my freezer <laughs> that, that one come from here <laughs> Yeah. so if I need um, mamaku I might come here and get some um, there's a little uh, quite a few other bits and pieces in, in here there's a some karamu um, just further down here on this side. Um, there's makomako here as well. Uh, what else do I get? Oh, there's some titoki just down there. Titoki. There's a puridi, random puridi tree mm-hmm. in the middle there. So Vanessa, what's your what's your uh, take on this kawakio product that uh, Tanya is working on, or you know, launching in the early stages? Brilliant, brilliant way of getting uh, the product out to our people and people have no real access to it. So That's what unless, I was thinking. Yep. Yeah, unless they know how to make it, they they get a bit scared and and um, just won't do it. So yeah, it's a great way of getting it out to our people at a very affordable price. <laughs> yeah. Just giving them the option, really, of alternative medicine, eh? And it's not just Māori, you know, who take a, a big interest in it. It's um, a broad range, actually. Yeah, yeah. You just never know who who really needs it and who's yeah. interested in it, eh? Until it's a product yeah. that's on the shelf to buy. For me, anyway, that was... You know, I sort of hummed and hard about it, about, you know... <laughs> Is this, is this something I should be doing and whatnot? But um, I, I kind of just go with the flow of things, and if something happens, I, I just go, "Well, it's happening for a reason." And yeah, when it started taking off, I went, "Well, this is happening for a reason, so <laughs> we'll just go with it." Um, yeah. But yeah, like accessibility is one of the main barriers that I've found people have to um, using rongoa. Like, there's heaps of people out there would love to use rongoa, but um, when you live in the city, yeah, it's hard to try and have a look in the phone book and find a more practitioner. It's just, yeah, that's right. It yep. just doesn't, yeah, they don't exist. Um, and because it is really hard to be a Rongoa practitioner, you know, it's not an easy job and it's definitely not a, a well-paying job <laughs> or something that, you know, people can exist on. But um, out in the country where we are, um, we've got the opportunity to do it. And so um, just trying to help other people who don't live in the places where we live that can't come and just see someone local. Um, just giving them access to it is, is pretty much what Kawakiu is about. We then come across Te Waiu o Poke Maire, Braemar Springs, a clear crystal spring nestled in the middle of native bush. 
So How lovely and fresh the water is here. Gosh, it looks like a like a pool. Yes, like it's it so clear. And it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so pure and this is a pretty popular little swimming spot in, in Oh so summer. people can actually swim in here. Yeah, in the oh. summer when it's when it's hot as it has to be really hot because <laughs> it's really cold. Yeah. But yeah, this all drains out over into the Parawira just there. Gee, it's a beautiful view of the Mongay. Yep. Yeah, I love this spot. I, I bring people here um, sometimes, every now and then when I get people um, from the city that are a bit stressed out. <laughs> bring them down here. And so these are the kind of places where we like to collect our rungoa from because um, I suppose our philosophy is that everything goes into it. So where you get it from, um, the energy goes into it as well, as well as you know whatever you put into it goes into it. If you get it from a lovely calm place mm. like this <laughs> yeah. all that has gone into all that's it, gone eh? into it yeah, yeah. that's all part of what we do so yeah the way you're the healing waters of Pukemaere this is a sacred spring, a chiefly spring that links the local iwi, the first Māori settlers to this region, to the cosmological world, the god of water called Parafenua Mea So when Kawakura really, really took off, Tanya, how often were you harvesting? Oh, geez, that was the busy period. Probably nearly every day or every second Really? Day. Yeah, it was quite full on. So can you safely say then that supply will always be there, right? For yeah, what you do? it is. Well, because we've got so many different spots we can go to. Yeah. And like, I always look at the ones just a little bit further down the road. Um, at Marata, but I haven't even had to go there. Someone asked me that once and I said, you know, I could pick every day for the rest of my life and still not run out. <laughs> <laughs> Just down there because it's all over the place. When we leave Te Waiu Opukemaere in the car, I learned that I've actually come across Tanya in publications that I've read. Same name, but really the same person? Turns out it is. So when I came across um, Kawakua and um, trying to make contact with um, Tanya Waikato, who is with me now, I, I had a, um, there was a thought in my mind thinking, I've heard that name before, I've read that name somewhere, I've flicked through publications, something to do with Matauranga Māori or Te Ao Māori, and um, you are that person, Tanya. <laughs> I didn't I make the connection because, number one, I'm heading to Te Teko, and, <laughs> and I thought an academic like yourself would be based, I don't know, in Auckland or... Hamilton or Wellington, but um, you've you've come from a strong, very strong corporate background, now. Yeah, yep, so, uh, well, I've kind of come full circle, <laughs> thank you yeah, about it, so yeah, yeah. started off um, at home, and then, yep, I was a lawyer for about seven years, um, specialising in resource management, um, and I did do some academic work um, in relation to Mātauranga Māori, um, intellectual property stuff, uh, which was published, which is probably where you saw my name pop up. <laughs> and so I, I'm trying my hardest to resign from being a lawyer. Yeah, but then I've got to ask you that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I am still... I have my toe in the water, as they yes, say. Yes, toe in the water. Yeah, almost um, out. No. Almost out, yeah. I, I took on a pro bono case um, on behalf of our, our hapu and our iwi um, for our river. Uh, a couple of years ago, it's been running for 
two years now. We were almost at settlement and stage. And which river are you talking uh, about? This is for the Rangitaki. It was um, renewal of consents for the Matahina Dam, um, and there was some um, quite concerning proposals about reducing the minimum flow. Um, initially, they wanted to reduce it by half um, of what the current flow is, but we're We've talked them around a bit and <laughs> we're getting towards the settlement, um, hopefully, of that in the near future. So you're still very much a part of that as, as well as working on your um, on Kawakua, hey? Yeah, so um, pretty much all the legal work I do these days is for free. <laughs> it's for free and it's, and it's for environmental um, I suppose based causes, which is the opposite of what it used to be for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Jeez. Um, so what made you leave that? You're, st you're still part of it, but what made you kind of leave it behind, really, in a sense? Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I've, I've been trying to ignore this this side of me um, for for as long as I can remember, and um, I think it's more. It's just about embracing. Um, that this is who I am and that I was always meant to be doing this kind of stuff and I didn't really realise it until I got into it and I found out more about my whakapapa and that I have other people in my family that, that do these kinds of things and it's funny I've got a great grandfather who was a lawyer and I've got a great great grandmother who was a normal practitioner so <laughs> it doesn't really, it doesn't seem that strange to me that I do both but That's <laughs> it might right. seem a bit strange to other people. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, with giving up that corporate, you give up world, you give up a certain lifestyle, you give yes, up a certain wage. Definitely, yes. Um, and, you know, not, I mean, I'm a, I'm a small town country girl myself. I come from Matapihi, so I'm nothing against Te Tiko, but I just, I mean, you're, that's your home. You're, you're back where you want to be yeah, eh, at the end exactly. of the day. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people don't understand, um, you know, they think, oh, you're giving up all this money and, and, you know, flash job and flash car and all that and, you know, live in the middle of nowhere. And But for me, it's it's, it's living the dream, you know. I live at home. Um, I have everything I need. Um, I get to help people. You know, I get to help people that I've never even met before. Um, and that, that's that's the biggest buzz for me, you know. Every now and then I sort of have the, oh, poor me, I'm so poor, and oh, I wish I had money for this, and yeah. da, da 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 You know, it's just a natural part of, um, I suppose, giving up that, that kind of lifestyle that, you, you know, you have those moments. But when I, when I do, I always seem to get, you know, an email from someone that says, oh, thank you so much for, for putting this out there because, you know, you helped my daughter who's been suffering with this problem for ages yes. or, you know, my baby sleeps through the night now and our whole oh. family can sleep through the night now. <laughs> and the, the support of your, your, your partner has been all the way through? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's... If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing mm. because, you know, he's supported me all the way through. Even even when I didn't believe in myself, he, he still believed in me. Mm. And if it wasn't for him, I definitely wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you know, every, every now and then I sort of go, oh, shall I go back to work? Shall I, you know, shall I go get a real job? Yeah. As they say, and he's always like, no, you carry on doing what you're doing. You know, it might not be important in the in the material world to, to people, but it is important to do what you're doing and, and you, you're doing something that not everybody can do. Aye, kia ora. Tanya Waikato and Vanessa Skipper. Now, after our interview, we went back to Tanya's whare where she brewed up a kawakawa and lemon tea. Very soothing for the tinana and just what I needed. Now, since that interview, you would have heard that Vanessa was expecting her PEP very soon. So congratulations to Vanessa and baby Tekaha Zan Heriwini.
And I do hear that it's cold in Te Tiku at the moment, so keep warm whānau. To find out more about Kawakua, you can find useful links posted up right now at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. To keep up to date with the show via social media, we are on Facebook, search te ahika, or on Twitter at rnz underscore te ahika.